Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We're speaking to a young man uh, who's living with schizophrenia. It's been a battle, but he's here living his best life, doing the best that he can under the circumstances. Good morning and thank you so much for joining us. My name is Bantu Zotwana from Cape Town, South African, African. I'm an author, motivational speaker, and I'm a father. I'm schizophrenic, yeah. It's a mental disorder, chemical imbalance in your brain. You know, Bantu, talk to us about living with the condition of um, schizophrenia. What is it and what is it really meant for you and your life's journey? Okay, let me explain what, what schizophrenia really is. Um, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain where, whereby you sort of like hallucinate and um, started using medication. And ever since, it's like 20, 23 years since I've been using the same medication. I'm 41 years old in this year. Yes, I was diagnosed in 1997. Um, so what triggered my schizophrenia was Back in high school, back in the 90s, 93, 94, up until 96, I was smoking weed, which is, yes, I was using substances. You know, what are some of the challenges that you've had to navigate in trying to make sense of your condition, but also just growing up as a young man who has dreams and aspirations? I played sport, yes. had a normal life, but then obviously peer pressure and started smoking, studies and sports. I couldn't take that anymore because of my smoking. And then it went on, it went on. Went to the bad crowd. I'm not I'm not an angel. Maybe to someone's story, I was also part of the bad crowd to them. So I'm just saying this is my story. But anyways, um, got diagnosed in 1997, my matric year. Couldn't finish my matric and then I, but I did eventually finish my matric and went on to study sound engineering, certificate and diploma. But anyways, it, it's been a journey. Uh, stayed in different rehabs, uh, Kesso and Tigerberg, here in Cape Town, Tigerberg Hospital, Psychiatric Ward and Stickland and, and I don't remember the, the others, but it's been, a, it, it was a journey. For, for a lot of people living with a disability, the quick interpretation is that your life comes to an end. You're not able to fulfill some of your dreams. Um, just talk to us about what that means and just being able to bring that normalcy into your own life. Yeah, so work here and there in between my studies and then worked as a sound designer. And I would, I would even work like in places like, like convenience stores, spa and whatsoever, just to get like pocket money and survive. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to say the I'm married. I've got three kids, and um, I live on a disability grant. You, you, you've gone so far as to write a book. You know, you, 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 you've shared your life story with everybody. Uh, talk to us about your book. What is it that you want to do with this book? What are the takeaways from it? I've written a book, um, self, self-published. And um, I would love a lot of people, help a lot of uh, uh, people that have mental illnesses and educate people that don't know about mental illnesses. Because in like, like I'm just putting it in, in, in our black community, nah, when you have a mental illness or whatsoever, and I've seen it and I've, that's why I just started writing. Like So part of the reason communities and families, um, you know, don't know how to deal with um, people that live with disability, whether it's schizophrenia or any other type of disability, is the issue of miseducation or people not being well educated. It looks easy to once you someone has a mental illness and then they 
sort of like it's sidelined. I don't know if I'm putting it right. Uh, 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 the reason why I wrote the book now is it's to help Abanyaban because when you when you have a mental illness, it's like you come into you sort of like hallucinate and lose contact to the real world and you your speech and you sometimes you think you think you think open fun about the T V is talking about you, people are plotting to kill you and is among and create awareness about the mental illnesses. That's just a briefing about what I'm about. You know, let's talk about education, especially with regards to mental illness. I've spoken at schools, creating awareness, um, teaching like um, this passing out the word bar education and tell them that the, the like teach them the importance, personally the importance of drug abuse and how important education is. Because if I if 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 I could go back, I would. I would do things differently, but anyways, I live life. I've lived life with no regrets because I'm here now. Maybe this is my calling to create awareness. Something that's kind of different in Utiban Bamnyama. Yeah, I'm just sharing my story. You know, the lockdown has, has, has really been harsh on many South Africans. Now, you can imagine how difficult it is for people that live with disability and that deal with exclusion or that have to fight exclusion on a daily basis. During this lockdown, how do we reach out um, and make sure that we, 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 we offer them the support that they require, we offer them the encouragement that they require, and that they are not excluded from what everybody else is doing? The thing is, like Ebona, in this lockdown, now is the time for... for, for yeah, that's I'm just I'm just pushing on with with creating awareness about mental health because because um I can't go to schools I I can't I can't really reach out to people I think that I think man like people that have disabilities in Lini. What is it that we don't know? What is it that we don't understand that we as society or communities need to understand? I think it's time for people to acknowledge and, and bring close the people that have disabilities, bring them closer. I'm thankful that I have, uh, I had and I have family support. The family support is, is what is needed. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think. That's what I think is wrong. Talk to us about uh, some of the work that you do with young people. I was speaking at Constantia Waldorf um, School here in Cape Town. Now. It's, it's like a private school. Like I speak, they create awareness, talk to them as in a conversation. And then this one student asked me, she asked me, why do people treat you different as soon as you tell them you have a mental illness? For example, like schizophrenia, like as me, or bipolar, whatsoever. They start to treat you differently. And, and in their minds, I think that the misconception of, of, of how people think about the mental illness, like you're crazy, they start. To, and I could see that she was, she, was, she was irritated. I think maybe she had, or maybe she knows someone. And in that in that crowd that it, it, in that hall, there was a there was a teacher that her husband apparently committed suicide due to um um having depression. And then I answered her, once you have a mental disorder, mental illness, people start to treat treat you differently when I say lady. It makes you think, and it, it and it sort of like puts you in a corner, almost like you you're being bullied. It, it makes you not feel so okay. So that's what I'm saying. So. 
starting from there, that's when the, 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 the peer pressure starts. You color up the peer pressure and maybe the, 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 the home environment is not okay. It affects you because your classmates or your peers, they, they're living the nice life, but then it's nice at school, but then you go back home and then it affects you mentally, like, like it affects your, your mental health. Like it's it's like it's nice here, it's not nice there. And then you, your brain, like when you when you when you when you when you when you're a student, it it's you're so fragile. Let me put it that way. Like that you can't deal with all of it. And then obviously that's when mental issues begin, and the drinking, and the smoking, and the and the experimenting on this and all of that. Yeah. So I mean it a lot. Seriously. I mean I even spoke. I've I've spoken at um, with Sedex. There was an event I spoke on World uh, Suicide Prevention Day, and and I've spoken at um, Milton School. Uh, what is the school? Um, the Crandall uh, School of Skills. No, and then I if, at, at the event I, I I repeated this at the at the school. As I said my suicide will be living life to the fullest. Like living life to the fullest, that's 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 just me. I'm just I'm just saying living life to the fullest. It's cool. I mean, that's that's one message I I passed out. And yeah, so talk to us about uh, some of the work that you do with young people. What are some of your inspiration? Just your last message. You know, what would you like to say to everybody that's listening currently? Yeah, man, it's kind of I just want to reach out to a lot of people. And with my book, yes, at least at least let me get get it to the rehabs. Or, or schools or whatsoever, but help a lot of uh, uh, people that have mental illnesses and educate people that don't know about mental illnesses. Thank you so much, uh, Ubab Zotwani, uh, for your, you know, your encouragement, your inspiration. Your story is a story of hope. It really is a story of, um, that inspires and tells us that um, sometimes we are too quick to judge. Sometimes we take it for granted that people that live with a disability or that are different from us are able to bring something to the table. And here you are, vibrant, energetic, doing your part to make sure that we create the world that we want to live in. Thank you so much and um, keep on keeping on. Okay, thanks as well. Radio 2000 Podcast.